We just had the offering a, a couple of songs ago. And as part of the leadership team here at Jericho Ridge, I just need to uh, say a big thank you to, to you as the family of Jericho Ridge. Uh, we had our vision night last Sunday evening, and uh, we talked about there that your faithfulness in following what God is directing you to do as far as being generous. Uh, last year and the year before, uh, as, a, as a church family, we gave more money to the church than the elders thought you were going to. And so each year we've had a surplus, which is wonderful. It's very encouraging. But the problem is, it creates faith in the elders. And so the elders set a budget for next year that's higher than this year, uh, because we see God being faithful to you and you being faithful to God. So I just want to say thank you to you. Uh, you know, you could give yourself a hand if you want for following what God has been teaching you. Uh, and we as a church are being able to do the ministry that we think God's calling us to do because of that. So that's just uh, from the leadership team. Uh, you are growing faith in us uh, as we're doing that. We are in uh, the middle of a, a sermon series. Uh, does anybody know what the sermon series is called? Counterfeit Gods. If you looked at the info sheet, it's on the front of there. Uh, last week, what did Pastor Brad talk about as being a possibility of uh, being a counterfeit God in our lives? Family. Has anybody got an idea that uh, what we're talking about today could be a counterfeit God? Could money be a counterfeit God? Anybody have a clue? About any, could stuff be a counterfeit God? I think we can go there pretty easily. Uh, so I volunteered for this Sunday because that's an easy one. Plus, that's sort of what I work with. Uh, as part of my ministry, and I'll talk about that a little later on. So if you've been around Jericho Ridge and you've heard me talk before, one of the things that you'll hear me say or that we talk about is that God owns and we manage. Anybody familiar with that? Okay, the songs that we were singing, you know, the, the whole idea is that God owns and we manage. So the idea for us is to be, how can we be good managers? What are some of the things that God would want us to do? And we've talked about that. I've talked about that from time to time. And I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have, is what is a little, what's the legitimate response with our finances and our stuff to a God who gave us Jesus as a way to forgive our sins and give us eternal life? What's a, what's a legitimate response to that? And so uh, in the handout, there's also a handout. And on one side... Uh, there is some words, wise words from the owner, okay? So if there's an owner and we're managers, it would be good for us to know what the owner has to say. And in the Bible, there's about 2,300 verses on how we can be good managers. And so what I've done is I've just listed a few from the owner. So sometimes people don't know exactly what the owner is saying. And so this is just so you have an idea of what the owner is talking about. And for us to be good managers in the owner's eyes, it would be reasonable to know that and to follow along. I'm just going to, if you take this out, I'm just going to read the third column, okay? So the third column, uh, Jesus is talking in Luke uh, to the people around him, and he was answering some questions. In fact, somebody came to Jesus and said, tell my brother to give me my part of the inheritance. 
So obviously parents had passed away, so nothing is new under the sun. 2,000 years ago, people were fighting about mom and dad's inheritance and the estate. And so Jesus uh, answers him and says, who made me the judge? And then he goes on, Jesus goes on to say, beware, guard yourself against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Anybody shocked by that? Life is not measured by how much you own. You think, you, the, way, <laughs> the way it's going around us, you think it is that way. So we need to be aware that that's one of the things that we can be caught up in. It's a counterfeit God. Counterfeit gods is taking something good and making it ultimate. That's what the definition that Brad used last week, Keith used the week before. Taking something good and making it ultimate. So here, Jesus is not saying that we shouldn't have stuff. We don't see that here. Jesus isn't saying you shouldn't have stuff. He's just saying don't measure your self-worth by your stuff. So that means there's something more worthwhile to measure your self-worth. And that is being a child of God, your sins are forgiven, there's a place in heaven for you that's better than you can imagine. All those things, there's the Holy Spirit that's with us now. We're a child in God's hands. You know, if you feel like an alien on earth, you're just passing through, right? We're on to something better in the future, but while we're here, we're supposed to be good managers of what God has given us. The second one on that third column is learn to be content. And here, Paul is talking to Timothy, and here he's giving him an understanding. Yet, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us, when we came into the world, and we'll take nothing when we leave. Okay? Those are some wide wor wise words from the owner to us as managers. Okay? You didn't bring anything with you. You're not taking anything along. So why are you here, and why do you have stuff? It's to build up what God has. Uh, also in Timothy, carrying on, trusting in God, not money. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. So unreliable. You know, uh, in the last couple of years, that verse has become much easier to preach on because people are starting to understand it's not so reliable. And if you were thinking, okay, well, that's talking about the rich in the world. So that's not me. If you look in the world today, where, are the, where, where is most of the riches in the world centered if you look in the global economy? North America? Maybe in Canada? I think we might be the rich in the world, folks. We might be the rich in the world, even though you don't feel like it. You just have to, all depends who you compare yourself to. And so in the world, we are rich. And, and so we're not to be proud and not to trust in our money because it, it's so reliable. Our trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. There's something to think about over Advent, that God is, richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. And then be faithful in the small things. We all have been given talent, time, treasure, as part of being manager, is being faithful with that. That's what God's going to measure us on. But if you think about that God gives us all that we need for our enjoyment, you wouldn't know it by looking at the newspaper. I just looked at the newspaper yesterday. 
If it isn't in HD, how merry can it be? Right? Did you know that you can give joy with a laptop? Like, I have not seen many people have that much joy with a laptop. Like, it's frustration I've seen. They've said a few words they probably shouldn't say. But joy is not one of the things that I've seen with a laptop computer. In fact, I think one of the songs we'll sing over Christmas is, Joy to the World. The Lord has come. It doesn't say a laptop. You should have bought a Mac, okay. You know that you can even give satisfaction. You know, exactly the opposite of what, what Jesus is telling us. So, you know, one of the things that we want to do as being a manager is let's be a little bit aware. Let's be on the ball a bit and know what's going on around us. And just to pick that up and not get sucked in by all that stuff. You know, and again, I need to emphasize, Jesus never said we shouldn't have stuff. But just don't measure yourself worth by it. And if we want to be good managers, uh, that's one of the things that we can do. And... You know, one of the things is uh, being managers is with our finances, doing a good job with that, being aware of that. Have you ever got lost? I get lost in malls and parkades. I had a friend of mine uh, whose wife would come home occasionally uh, on the bus or a taxi. She had lost her car in the mall parkade. And he would say, well, where did you park? He said, you know, I, I went out the door that I came in. I'm pretty sure the car is stolen. So he would drive her back, and they'd drive around until they'd find the car. And uh, it was frustrating for him. <laughs> but being lost, Hurt and I will go to the mall, and if I'm not careful, I will get mixed up as to where we came in. And so there's a big difference between getting lost and being lost. Do you understand that? There's a difference between getting lost and being lost. When you are getting lost, you don't know it. You are often lost long before you actually know you're lost. If you're on a, if you're on a trail or if you're driving somewhere, you're driving along fine or you're going along fine. And you've been lost for a while, but you didn't know it. And all of a sudden, you realize you're lost. And so what I want to say today is you can get lost very confidently. You can get lost with great assurance. Suddenly you realize, I'm lost. And you can have a bad map, getting lost. You can have a good map, but misread the map. You can have a good map, but get sidetracked. And like, what's over there? Let's go find out what's over there. And so you can get lost. So every time we get lost, we start out knowing where we are, and we are pretty confident that we know where we're going. But in spite of all this assurance, we still get lost. So the first important principle I want us to know today is our assurance and confidence is no assurance that we won't get lost. And we can get lost in many arenas in our lives, in relationships and in finances, and we land up in places that we don't plan on. And so today we're just going to look a little bit at personal finances. And uh, so statistically, in Canada, half the people that you know 
are lost in their finances. Okay, half the people that you know. So today what we're going to do is talk a little bit about some of the resources you can help those people with. Because I probably won't be able to talk to those people, but you know them. And so, uh, this is, I would say, the easiest part of your life in which not to be lost. Because you, you can, because you can know, that sounds pretty good, you can know how many dollars you have coming in, and you can know where you're sending them. You know, you can take your $20 bill and put it on a table. It doesn't go anywhere by itself. You are sending all of your finances somewhere where you think it's important. And so, if we look at the, the green insert that I have there today, we're going to talk about a rescue plan about how to help people that are lost with their finances, lost in their finances, to get a rescue plan. So first of all, let's get a def definition of a rescue. Is freeing from confinement or danger by prompt and vigorous action. That's a definition of rescue. So the idea is that there needs to be some prompt and vigorous action. There needs to be some action taken if a person wants to help somebody get out of being lost. So the danger that we're facing is that we can be lost in our personal finances. And you might be lost if these are some of the questions that are popping up in your mind or your conversation. Where does or did all the money go? Does anybody ever wonder that? Where did all that money go? Or how come or how did I or we get into so much debt? Is that a question? Or how much is enough? There are answers to those questions that can be uh, satisfactory to not feeling lost. So the opposite of lost is not being found in the area of finances, but it is knowing where I am now, knowing where I want to go, and a plan to get there. And so that's one of the things of being a good manager of what God has given us, is that we need to be accountable for what he's going to ask us, how are we faithful with what he's given us? And so we see there that in Proverbs 28, verse 26, trusting oneself is foolish, but those who walk in wisdom are safe. And so the idea is that God has given us lots of information on how to be wise. And so this is one of the areas that is a very practical way of being wise. And so the danger of being lost is that we just aren't aware of what God has given us and how that looks and what are we doing with it. And so then we need to make a plan. And so this is a plan that is uh, pretty fail-proof as far as uh, getting things done. It might take it, might be hard to do it, but it doesn't mean that it's not a good plan. So one of the, the plan includes four decisions that, that you can make or that you can help somebody else think through. The first one is you can actually choose a percentage of your income to live on. Now some people just live and then at the end of the month figure, well, why, what happened? Okay, or we just you know, you're not sure. But the idea is that, okay, this is how much we have to work with. And we'll talk about that in a little more detail later on. And then say, okay, I'm going to choose to live on this much. 
and then make decisions around that. And so the difference between the income and spending is called margin. It allows us to save and have peace and be generous. So if you spend everything that you make, and there's a little hiccup, or you, know, you get laid off, or there's a change, you're right away in panic mode. And we have the ability to make some choices. How do you know where you are and how to get started on that? So on this insert that had the words of wisdom from the owner on one side, on the other side, all I've done is just taken a, a standard kind of sheet that people will use, and you can get this online, you can have this on paper. Just the idea of what it might look like if you wanted to get organized or help somebody else get organized. The idea is that you understand your income, you understand uh, where some of the money goes as far as be, uh, giving, debt repayment, and savings, and then here are some of where money goes, like just keeping track, understanding. Uh, if you have somebody that's looking after your, your money for you or looking after something for you and you ask them, what have you done with it? And they're going like, I'm not sure. You know, it's doing pretty good. The idea of God giving us stuff, he wants us to be accountable for it, and so this is one of the ways that we can do our part and we can just uh, start to keep track like this. Uh, it, it really makes a difference. So the, the first decision is to choose a percentage to live on. The second one is to track your expenses. If you do not know where you are with your money, you cannot make good choices. So if you don't know the answer to some of those questions as to where we are, how we're doing, you just can't make good choices. You get, you're feeling like you're in a corner, you're stuck. Number three is you can uh, make a choice in the part of the plan is to get rid of dumb debt. Okay, get rid of dumb debt. That means there might be some debt that's okay. Okay, now all debt has to be repaid. So in that, in that case, you know, it has to be repaid, but sometimes debt is helpful in your life, in making choices as far as improving your ability uh, with your education, with your work, you need a place to live. But dumb debt is, this is money you owe for stuff that's not worth as much as you still owe on it. Okay? And that's called consumerism. And that's uh, one of the outcomes of being a counterfeit god with money, is that we think that we need stuff that we can't afford. And so we go into debt, presuming that we're going to have money in the future to pay for this stuff, and it's not worth as much as you still owe on it. Anybody have any of that experience? You know, uh, it, it happens. And like I said at the beginning, 50% of the people you know are experiencing some of this. And Proverbs 22, 7, uh, you know, tells us, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. And you can't make good choices if you owe a lot of money on stuff and you'd like to do something different. And so, going along there, the fourth choice 
that you can make is that you give first, you save second, and you live on the rest. Okay? Now, there's not, you know, if you want to look at standard kind of man-made wisdom that I think has got some biblical backing to it, you know, you, 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 you give 10%, you save 10%, and you live on 80%. So that means if you get $10, $1 you give away to something that you think is worthwhile, you save $1 for the future, and you have $8 to live on. That sounds like it should work. But life often gives us the idea that we get $10 and we figure out how to spend 12 and we borrow $2 to make that work. And there's a saying that you will never go broke if you follow this formula. Now, of course, as soon as you say something like that, somebody's going to say, well, there's an exception somewhere. There probably is. But generally, if you have anxiety about finances and those kind of things, this is a, a, a simple kind of way to sort of think through things. Remember, the, the definition of rescue is that there needs to be some prompt action. There needs to be action. So, you know, you can, you can look at this and a year from now not do anything and, you know, things won't change that much or get worse. But the idea is that at Jericho Ridge, one of the things that we want is for you to experience all that God has for you. And if we look at some of the verses uh, that I didn't read, there are lots of things that God has promised us as we, and one of them is contentment. And so if we turn over the, the page there to the back, there's a couple of things that this, this happens in our lives that is honoring to God when we do stuff like this. Okay, when we start taking these kind of actions, this is how it's honoring to God. Because if we give first, it breaks greed, okay? And remember that we're supposed to be on our guard against all kinds of greed. That was one of the things that Jesus said. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. So by giving first, it helps us understand that everything that we have comes from God. And it breaks our... our the, 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 we have a propensity of, as people to, to be greedy. And God knows that. And so he's saying, this is one of the ways to break that. And by saving second, it breaks discontent. Okay? By saving, that means you're willing to put off for the future something that is worthwhile, perhaps, but you're understanding how that works in the balance of things. And so really, when I look at these, when I look at these ads... Whether they're selling you an HD phone, an HD smartphone, or whether they're selling you a laptop, really what they're selling you is discontent. They're trying to make you feel discontent with what you have. And if they can make you feel discontent, then they have a shot that you're going to buy their stuff to try to make yourself feel good, even though it's not going to work. Because... In January, they're going to tell you that you have to buy a different smartphone because the one you bought now is not as good as the one they came up with in January, so they're going to have to try to sell you discontent again. And it's a vicious circle. And the verses that are here is God is saying he wants to be the, the one who gives us our contentment. And that's where true contentment comes from. 
is that, I mean, the songs we sang this morning is God is enough. We sing those songs and we go out here and what does that look like in our lives? God is enough. And so as we go into this Christmas season and people are making decisions that, you know, they're not buying as many gifts or as many presents, but the idea is that the two, two of the outworkings of money being a counterfeit God is greed and discontent. Okay? So that's where I want us to just be aware of what God has in mind for us. He wants to be the one that makes you more happy than you can imagine, more fulfilled than you can imagine. But we get in the way by buying stuff and trying to make that feel good. We get in the way of God being able to come in and be what he wants us to be. And so we need to understand that and invite him in and allow him to do that. So the action that's going to... So that's the plan. Okay, those four choices and understanding that. So the plan looks a little bit like this. You need to give something off the top of all your income. Okay? If you want to be a manager that God says, good managing, good job, well done, as we read in Matthew, we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So giving off the top is one of the things that God looks at. He doesn't look at how much. He just looks at there's a sense of thankfulness that you understand that your ability to have income comes from God. Your health, your job, your money, anything that, that you have. If you, I mean, how many of you have control over all that stuff? You know, I mean, we can plan, but the reality is tomorrow we may not have a job. I don't know. I'm confident I will, but you know what? I could be surprised. Uh, God gives and God takes away. Let's understand that. Let's be aware of that. And so let's allow God to be the one, and by giving him off the top, is saying thank you. Instead of living off and giving all of our pay, all our, paying all of our bills, and then seeing what's left over and giving that to God, maybe, let's be aware that giving off the top is one of the things that God is looking for. So that's one action step. The second action step is keeping track of expenses. The third one would be paying off debts. The fourth one is ask for help. Don't go down on this one without a fight. Okay, there's no need for that. Don't go down financially without a fight. Ask for help. Don't, it's one of the things in our society that we're not allowed to talk about too much. Well, at Jericho Ridge, we don't believe in that. We're going to talk about it. The, 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 the fifth step there, one, two, three, yeah. The fifth one is be intentional about being a good manager of God's stuff. Just be intentional. Be aware of it. Again, like I said at the beginning, what's a legitimate response on our part? And by doing this, you open yourself up to God working in your life. And if you open yourself up to God working in your life, I will tell you, this will always be worth your while. It will always be worth your while to open yourself up to God working your life. And so what I want to do is just encourage you to, to move in these areas, to, to, to give it some some thought in your life, and those 50, you know, half of the friends you have are struggling with their finances and have a sense of lostness. And here are just some practical things that you can do. And so in, in Jericho Ridge, there are some wonderful resources of, of people. Uh, Arnie Friesen uh, works with 
uh, Mennonite Foundation in Canada. So all across Canada, he is a representative and talks to people about this. And I'm the other guy who works for our Mennonite denomination, and I travel to all of our churches in ABC, and I talk about this, and I have appointments with people trying to help them with this. And so I'm saying, you know, if you want somebody to talk to, you've got two of the best guys in Canada here in our church. And so, you know what, there's opportunities for you to talk to somebody. Arnie and I do this, uh, we get paid by our denominations for this ministry. Uh, so there's no expectation if you talk to us that you have to give or that we're selling something. We're just here to see people experiencing God's completeness in their lives and have health financially. And so if you want to talk about uh, this some more, I have a table of stuff set up over here. You can pick up my card. There are some resources there that I'm going to uh, just tell you about. There are some books that you can buy if you want, but there's some free stuff there. One is a four-week devotional on generosity by Gordon MacDonald. This is a free resource if you're interested in a care group or by yourself. Uh, I don't have many left there, but first come, first serve. Uh, we also have a book called Getting a Grip on Your Resources, which is one that we publish. And you can pick that up for free, and it covers all sorts of things that we can talk about. Uh, earlier this year, you might have remembered, we brought Mary Hunt to come and talk about finances. So some of her books are for sale, but she also has given us some certificates for one year of uh, free access to her, um, what's it called? Debt-Proof Living Newsletter. It's a monthly newsletter, and it's about a $29 value. And she's given us certificates that for free you can go on for one year. So as long as they last, they're there as well. So these are the free ones. And then there are some books over there. And you know, our desire is that you experience God's best in your life. Our desire as leadership here at Jericho Ridge is that you have health financially for yourself, for your families, for those around you. You know, you can fear and debt really come into what to obstruct what God has for us. And so, you know what? Don't let it just go without a fight. You know, and if you, if you want to talk to somebody, I'm more than happy to do that. If you have friends that need to talk, some, talk to somebody, I'm willing to do that. And so, uh, just come and talk to, talk to us, see what happens, um, see what the God has in mind. And let's anticipate the joy of Christmas, what God really has in mind for us. And it's not just about stuff about what God has given to us and how to be a manager. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that uh, you love us enough to give us clear direction on how we can use our finances in a way that's going to be pleasing to you. And Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would come on us and allow us the freedom to open ourselves to you so that you can work in our hearts and lives in ways that we couldn't imagine or think. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, we would understand what it looks like to be good managers in our lives and that we can trust you, that you will help us do that as we open ourselves and ask you to come and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have a good afternoon, folks, and uh, thanks for being here. And we'll see you next Sunday or somewhere along the way in the mall. <laughs>